ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Food. Well, trying to work out what is authentic Malaysian food compared to many restaurant offerings of more consumer-friendly options can be a difficult task. And it was something that caught the attention of Yonjunda Koo, the person behind the much-loved Hojak eateries. He became interested in cooking when he found himself having to prepare his own meals as a schoolboy, looked into the Malaysian cuisine of his family heritage. But despite wanting to explore the culinary world when he left school, Yonjunda first studied IT and commerce and worked in finance and banking. Well, you need a bit behind you, I guess, if you're going to open restaurants, don't you? Before deciding that food was his thing, he worked in cafes, he learned from other restaurateurs before stepping out to start his first Hojak restaurant with the focus on showcasing authentic Malaysian food. What is Malaysian food anyway? There are now a number of Hojaks, um, they're, well, they're mainly across Sydney, but there are plans soon to open a spot for Melburnians and John has put together a, a recipe cookbook to Hojak, A Taste of Malaysia. More importantly for our purposes, he joins us now. Junda, uh, good evening. I generally called you Hojak. Junda, good evening and uh, welcome to Night Life. Good evening, good evening. Thanks for having me. Now, you learned to cook when you were a teenager with your brother in, in a unit in Sydney. Your parents were back in Malaysia. How did that happen? Yeah, so, I mean, learning to cook, I, I guess it, it was forced upon us, right? Yeah. Like we were just two of us, 16 and 14. We came to Sydney. Uh, we were doing high school. My parents went back to Malaysia and we had to, to I guess, uh, grow up. We had to mature and, uh, you know. I mean, it was just a two-minute noodles, I guess, wasn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So at the start, you know, we were completely hopeless. It was constantly two-minute noodles, two-minute noodles, two-minute noodles, mm. uh, bread with cheese. That's it. It's a very, very simple sandwich. And eventually you would get bored of having the same thing again and again and again. And so then what happened was we were, I was forced to learn how to cook. Uh, my grandma did come and visit us one time, mm. my ama. And, she was uh, a good cook. She was a, a great cook. Uh, mm. I learned a lot from her. She, in fact, uh, without her, I wouldn't be here today. She, mm. you know, uh, she's, yeah. I, I believe that uh, she, she, she strongly shaped the person that I am today. Mm. Uh-huh. And so when she came, she cooked. Uh, I learned uh, she took us to, like, she, we went out shopping. She started pointing out all the different ingredients. And um, that's, that's where I actually fell in love with cooking. And I had but to, you were a banker for a while when you left school. That, you? that was after. So after uni, that's right. Yeah. After uni. So at school, we had to cook for ourselves. And then I managed to, guess, improve and experiment quite a bit that by the time uni came around, I was pretty okay as a home mm. cook. Mm. Uh, obviously, as we graduated, as I graduated, uh, went into the banks and, you know, uh, decided that my passion is in the food industry and mm. decided to quit my job and uh, follow my passion and my dreams. How would you rate yourself as a cook alongside your armor? Uh, of course, nowhere near her. <laughs> but uh, it's quite different, very, very different for what she had. I guess the one thing I can say where I'm very similar to her is that when I cook, I cook with love as well. Mm. And when I feed others, I get so much joy watching other people smile when they eat my food. Mm. So I guess that's the most similar part that I, I am with her. And I guess that's where what I inherited from her as well. Tell me about Malaysian food because Malaysia is, well, it's contained in its name, isn't it? I mean, there are two very distinct uh, uh, themes here. There's the indigenous Malay, of course, and but of course there's, it's heavily overladen with, with Chinese 
cooking and culture as well to create this Malaysian culture and Malaysian style. So how do we define Malaysian food? That's a good question. Um, Malaysia has a lot of different cultures, a lot of different races. And if you actually go to Malaysia, like Malaysian food to me is very regional as well. And I think that's similar to a lot of Southeast Asian countries where Mm. the same dish, like say a laksa, will taste different at uh, at the north of Malaysia, it'll taste different in the south of Malaysia too, even though it's still called laksa. So, what do you reckon? Does it, what, what's the quintessential dish of Malaysia? Do you think, or is there such a thing? Yes, I think our national dish is the nasi lemak, the yeah. coconut rice. Yeah, but that's what I think. <laughs> 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 You're saying you get disagreement, would you? <laughs> Look. Everybody from Malaysia, they're mm. a food critique in themselves. And yeah. I guess that's one of the hardest things for a Malaysian to uh, grow or to, 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 to explore and expand our cuisine is that everybody will – it's a food critique, like I said. Yeah. And they will have an opinion on whether it's traditional, whether it's authentic or not. But to me, authenticity comes to the person within – it may be authentic to me, yeah. but not necessarily authentic to you. Hmm. And so that comes the whole argument because when I first started out, Hojia, I had a lot of that too. A lot of Malaysians were actually, they were actually my biggest critique and they were actually telling me how the food that I'm not cooking is Malaysian. And come fast forward to this point, I've been doing Hojia for about 10 years right now. Even hmm. till today, they go, one of the questions I asked, so the food that I'm putting out right now, is it Malaysian or not? And I recently did an article as well where I just said, I'm a Malaysian guy. I'm cooking food. The food is cooked by a Malaysian chef. I think that should classify as a Malaysian food. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are the, I mean, if, if I'm thinking of Thai food, for example, I, I think, you know, the, the flavors that you can say that, you know, that make it Thai, the lemongrass, you know, chili, basil, these flavors are really, really strong in, in, in Thai food and give it its unique flavor. And, uh, I mean, China's too hard because there are so many regional cuisines, I suppose. But is there is there a is there a flavour of Malaysia? Do you think? Yeah, you'd say I, you'd say it's the it's the it's the uh, the nasi lemak, the coconut rice, would you? Yeah, but I think coming back to the ingredient, it will be very similar to yeah. say Thailand. It's uh, because we're all from the Southeast Asia, so the things that we always use it's ginger, garlic, chili, onions, lemongrass. Yeah, and that's you know, I guess the basic elements or the foundations of our cooking. Mm. Now, I guess if you were to compare Malaysian foods to, say, Thai food, then uh, we would be on the sweeter side. That's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking when I – that's right. When I think about Malaysian food, I, I don't think of it as being chilly hot like like Thailand or, or uh, I don't know, the complexity of flavours perhaps of some other Asian cuisines, but – it is. It's sweeter and softer, maybe. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Yes. So it's sweeter, and a lot of the things that we cook, we actually create the paste for what we call a rumbah. Mm. So say, for example, the onions, the red onions, we actually blend into a paste, and then we'll slow cook it for over a long time to, re- mm. to remove the pungentness, to remove the, the, mm. the, the, the uh, water, the, mm-hmm. the, the liquid from the onions. So, and that's why you find that Malaysian cooking is a little bit more... Uh, sweet, on the sweeter side because again like I said with the onions when you slow cook it the onions will become will caramelize and it will become sweeter mm. yeah and I, I mean it's the same thing that we do with the chilies so the chilies we blend it and then we cook it slow over a low heat and in a way sort of like re, re, reduces the uh, spices as well so Malaysian food is not not chilly hot is it or is it, it can be it can, can be, be it can yeah. be it can be it definitely can be so again 
uh, in Sydney, we're on, I guess, just we're just touching the tip of the iceberg of Malaysian food. And there's so much more to Malaysian food that, than what we actually have here right now. Mm. It will take time before Malaysian food in Sydney or Australia will become like the Thai food in Australia. Mm. That's where you, when you ex, uh, explore the full region and the full different races and cultures of uh, Malaysian food. Yeah. Yep. I'm talking with John Dekou. He is a Malaysian chef. He's the owner of a chain of restaurants called Hojiak, which I think translates as uh, good eats. Is that is that right? That is correct. Uh, it's in Fujian or Hokkien. Uh, it's a direct translation for good eats or delicious. Hmm. <laughs> Which is a perfectly good name, I imagine, for a chain of restaurants. Now, tell me about your your, your book, um, because this is probably for listeners who, uh, you know, we, we broadcast everywhere. For listeners outside of, of Sydney, of course, this will be the way in, in for them. Tell me about your book. You've got a, a whole collection of recipes here, starting with some simple and budget-friendly things. I mean, there's a lot of hawker street-style uh, recipes here too, aren't there? Yeah. So I, I, I guess the book journeys my story from when I first came to Australia when I was 16. Hmm. The first chapter, pretty much the first 20 recipes are the simple stuff that I cook at home, hmm. and I still do. But that was me, I guess, finding myself finding myself out as a chef, testing and everything. Mm. The second chapter would be the recipes from my first restaurant in Strathfield, Hoja Strathfield, mm. where I was showcasing the street food of Malaysia. So you'll find all the recipes in there, like the nasi lemak, the chicken rice, the laksa, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to my next restaurant that I opened in Haymarket, where I pay homage to my grandmother. And it's a whole restaurant that serves the food that she cooks. So pretty much the whole book, to sum it up, I guess in a way it's... Uh, sharing my story through recipes of the food that I've cooked over the years. Mm. Is Malaysian laksa different from other, other laksas you might get in, I don't know, Vietnam or Indonesia for that matter too? Yeah, I think all laksas are different. Even yeah. the, the laksa from Penang is different to the laksa from Kuala Lumpur. So even, in fact, I'll, I'll give you this. Even if you go to three different uh, laksa places in Kuala Lumpur, they mm. will all taste different as well. Mm. So it is different there. There are so, I mean, for me, in a way, there's no right way to cook something. Mm. If you're going to make something, just make it delicious. And that's the beauty of food. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, we're getting hungry as we, as, as we talk. Uh, I mean, there are all sorts of things in, in here, as you said, the, the Hainan chicken, uh, the curry laksa. But there are also dishes that maybe are not commonly served in eateries outside of Malaysia. I'm thinking lotus roots steeped in a pork bone broth. And tell me about fried bihun. Yep. So fried bihun or economy bihun, as I call mm-hmm. it, is basically what you get in the wet markets in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. It's uh, vermicelli soaked in water and then just cooked in soy sauce. Really, really simple cooking. But what mm-hmm. they would do is they would cook it in a very, very, very large wok where uh, when you finish cooking, there would be easily, you know, 50 to 100 portions and... Back then, that was just the quickest and cheapest way to feed, like you know, people who went to work early in the morning. It was it used to cost us fifty cents mm-hmm. for you know a plate of uh, bihun, and mm-hmm. they would just wrap it up in newspapers. So, <laughs> you know, I I, I try to share all these different sides of Malaysia in the book. Mm-hmm. Tell me about steaming. Uh, you include a recipe for Sam Wong Dan. What's what's your advice on steaming? Yeah, so my advice for steaming is rely on equipment, especially in this day of age. I mean, if you, you can still steam uh, on a wok or on a pot or a pan, but most of the time you find that you oversteam things because mm-hmm. the heat is too high. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to steam on a wok or pan, once it comes to boiling point and let's say your dish is about 70 to 80% cooked, turn off the heat, 
but leave the lid on and let it cook in its residual heat. But these days, I actually have an electric steamer where I set the temperature to uh-huh. 80 or 90 degrees <laughs> and then it's controlled and you get a perfect steam dish Technology, Junda. Mm-hmm. Hey, you've got a recipe for us. It's called, I'm not sure, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing this correctly, Kiam Hu Tao Gay, is that it? Uh, it's Kiam Hu Choi Ba. Choi Ba. Choi Ba, right? So it's a... It's a steamed what, pork what? with salted fish. Steamed pork with salted fish. That's right. And uh, this dish actually meant quite a bit to me. So my grandma used to make this quite a lot. Hmm. Uh, she passed away three years ago. When she passed away, uh, I decided for her funeral and her wake, uh, I decided to cook all of her greatest hits. Mm-hmm. And on the second night of her wake, I cooked this dish called the Kiabu Chueba or the steamed pork with salted fish. But with my take on it, uh, with her elements in it. And when I cooked it, I put it out. Uh, my relatives, my uncle, my aunts, they ate it and they actually, you know, told me that, wow, this is actually better than ours. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I teared up. I did. I yeah. I felt like, you know, maybe she, I, I finally inherited her role in the family, which was to cook for everyone. Mm. But anyway, back to the recipe. <laughs> mm. Back to the recipe. So it's pretty much just pork means you season it with, you know, chicken stock powder, white pepper, egg, and then you top it off with crispy salted fish, uh, salted fish oil, and you just steam it. Um, salted fish is something, I guess, that we Malaysians love and we have abundance of as well. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, you know, all the small fishes that doesn't quite make it to the markets will just then be dried out in the sun. Mm-hmm. And hence, you have, we have a lot of salted fish. And so it's very simple. It's very easy. You just put, it's one of those dishes where you, it's all, all the work is in the prep. You put it all into a steaming plate, you put it in, you steam it's out. It's fantastic. Good on you. We'll put it up on our website. Um, tell me what it is again. Kiam? Kiam Hu Choi Ba. Choi Ba. Okay. I've been speaking with John Daku, Malaysian chef and owner of the Hojak restaurants. Uh, his book is called Hojak, H-O-J-I-A-K, Hojak, A Taste of Malaysia. And if you're interested in having a voyage through this part of Southeast Asia, it'd be a good place to start. John Daku, great to talk. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife. 